Miller and Condon. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon here on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon. Ken Miller for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. We appreciate you uh, spending some of that time here with us. Here's what's coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. We will start our week with uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic at the bottom of the hour. As you would anticipate, Doc has been pumping out the content uh, at The Athletic in anticipation of week number one. Uh, Ference does apparently have a press conference later in the week. We'll get the latest on uh, that. Maybe some Cade McNamara speculation with Doc as well and recap the uh, Big Ten crew that was in town uh, on Friday. Uh, Big Ten Network had that uh, over the week. In fact, early turnaround. Had that bad boy, what, turned around and out at 3.30 or 3 o'clock on Big Ten Network? They turned around very quickly. So uh, we will talk to Doc coming up at 11.30. Then Mitch Holtis, the Chiefs, went into Arizona, picked off another one. Quarterback play was the story of that one. And is Mahomes in a fight? No controversy in yeah, Kansas. Absolutely City. right, but the but the backup quarterbacks unbelievable. All four of them uh, looked good. So we'll talk to Mitch Holtis about those Chiefs. Our number two starts with Matt Snyder. Uh, we will talk Major League Baseball with Matt Snyder. Boy, the races are getting good. The American League West. All of a sudden, here come the Mariners. Astros knocked out the Blue Jays of the playoffs at this point, uh, but uh, that division is very much up for grabs. And now with three team races, as the same was the story last year, here come the Mariners from Seattle. And then we'll finish it off with Nick Oson. He covers Iowa State for 24 7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Trent's plays of the day before we get out of here, just before 1 o'clock. So your final weekend without mm-hmm. high school football is come and gone. Jack's birthday party, the Air conditioner installed in time and yes. everything was fine. Guests were comfortable. Everybody was good. It was a hot one. And, thank and it's going to get worse. Yeah. And that air conditioner, it's going to be working some overtime here in the coming Everybody's. Week. What do you keep yours at? 72. Do you? Wow. Yeah. Where are you? 75. Now you're old. 76. Yeah, you know what? It's a, it's, a, it's a valid point, Trent, because I'm cold. Yeah. Isn't that something? It's an old thing, isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. I do believe that there's something to that. Um, and you know what? When the power bill comes, it's a maybe maybe I'm winning on that one anyway. You definitely are. At 72 to 75, 76. But yeah, um, by, by the middle of the week, uh, temperatures in the triple digits. Any concern about high school football getting underway Friday? Has there been any kind of contingency plans? Have you seen anything? No, I I believe because it is supposed to break by Friday. Yeah, it's, it's coming back, I think, significant. Well, yes, that kind hot. of the thought process behind it is that they'll be okay. It's yeah. going to be hot, but... The high is 90 that day. Mm-hmm. Get your fluids. Right. It's been 90 on opening night before, I'm yes. assuming. Seventy, you know, 7 o'clock kickoff. Mm-hmm. By that time, halftime, it's going to be the sun's going to be set. Yep. We're going to be good to go. And we've passed now the 8 o'clock sunset. We're going it's, back the other way. You night. know what? Um, you're right. I used to look forward to this, but it's kind of nice to just sit on the deck and uh-huh. the sun's going down, right? Or getting a little dusk and... Anyways, um, uh, last weekend though, without football until February. That's wild, Trent. Outside of preseason football, but yeah, that doesn't exactly count. And I took full advantage yesterday. I was into the golf, the Victor Hovland. What a what a round! I didn't see any of it. I saw the fight. I, I I didn't see any of it. Um, of his round, I saw Scheffler was playing with who? 
Um, uh, he went off at the end with, was it Harmon? No. no, 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 no. Fitzpatrick? Fitzgerald? Yeah, it's Fitzpatrick, yeah. Fitzpatrick. Matt Fitzpatrick. Yep. I had a home a ticket that had a chance. He mm-hmm. had to well, probably do what Hovland did yesterday. Whew. So that kept me involved. So I had that. I had tennis. Because we got see, got to see again Joker against Alcaraz. And I just saw saw something on Twitter what that was coming down. Was it, on? it was on the tennis channel. Okay. What channel is it? Oh, was it the two teens? Yeah. Two sixteen, maybe something uh-huh. like that. And I just saw it was in the third set, just three sets at the Cincinnati Masters, which is you know, kind of that next tier event, one of the bigger non majors. And I'm like, I'll flip over and watch it. And it was incredible. Really? It was, it was Had, so Did good. you bet on it or No, something? no. It was just one of those things on Twitter. People that follow tennis uh-huh. were talking about how good it is. So, yeah, you know, it's a Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. There's not NFL football that you have to worry about. Let's get over there. But your and, twins pitcher was pitching a no-no. Well, it was after that. It was after that. Yes. So you're with Keuchel till the hit. Yes. Got to that. Mm-hmm. Got Watched the twins finish that thing up. And then away we went. And also did a little handiwork around the house. I'm not a handy this. guy by yeah, any means. Right. Uh, put a new chain on my daughter's bike huh. in the scorching heat yesterday. Took a lot longer than I anticipated. Just <laughs> dripping sweat. I'm like, all right, here, here's your bike. Leave dad alone for a while. <laughs> oh my! Did that? Had a little the little flusher uh, on uh, one of the toilets upstairs. Mm-hmm. Had to get that fixed. So, Mister Fix It, how about you? You know, when you do one of those things, even though they were not real difficult projects, sounds difficult to me. You just have that feeling. You feel just, pretty good about yourself, Absolutely. You? Those accomplishments, mm-hmm. because I'm not handy at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not good at that kind of stuff. But when you do it, it's just anymore. You just go to YouTube, yeah. and they tell, show you exactly what to do. Cindy's the man of our house. Yeah, Tara does most of the stuff, too. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's much handier than I am, but had a couple of wins on Sunday, which is good to do. And <laughs> Well done. And away we go into normalcy now. Yeah, it's here, Trent, and uh, let the bells ring out and the banners fly. We'll have college football, you'll have high school football, and then, uh, boy, it really gets going, does it not? Mm-hmm. It's just unbelievable. So um, I, I guess let's let's start with, uh, if you heard any more on Cade McNamara, you kind of dropped that on mm-hmm. us at the end of the show. So I went home and I Googled soft tissue injury because, I mean, I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> It's not good. I mean, it's not. I'm not saying that he's going to miss time. Please don't. Yes, but it's people not are just, misconstruing what I said. It was just. It was laid out there like it was a tweak, right? And it can be a whole lot worse than a tweak. Google it for yourselves, folks. Absolutely, a partial tear can be something that is four to six weeks. He's going to make it a go. He's going to try to go. Mm-hmm. Kirk said, listening to Kirk's comments on Friday, we hope yeah. to have him back yeah. next week. Right. Everything that I have heard. Is that's unlikely. If it is, it'll be late this week, and he'll be out there practicing game, game week. Uh-huh. Will it be good enough for him to be able to play against Utah State? We'll see. And even if he does play, he's not going to be 100%. Trent, it might not be the entire year the way I read it. This absolutely I could I put linger. three words in Google search. Soft tissue injury. and Let it lead me where it wanted mm-hmm. to. I was kind of alarmed. Yeah, absolutely. This is something. Is Are they going to have quarterback draws in the playbook? Are they going to have those scramble situations against Utah State? Probably not. No. Are, what about just simple things like the waggle play, which is a staple of the Iowa offense, mm-hmm. and the bootlegs? Is that something you're going to do with a guy with a bad quad? I don't know. And yet the Iowa media that I follow, this is no big deal. I'm telling you, this is not a big deal. It's being overblown. I read that all the time. I will be surprised if he doesn't play against Utah State. Mm-hmm. I will also be surprised if he looks completely healthy out there. I, both those things can be true. I'm not saying that he's out. Stop misconstruing what I say. Listen. And what I'm saying is 
This is more significant than just a tweak. This is something that is lingering. He's getting the best treatment. He's going to make try to make it a go against Utah State, mm-hmm. but just have an open mind with it. This is not just when you turn your ankle, right, and you're out for a couple of weeks and you're still playing on it, you can feel it. This is different. A muscle injury like this is different, and it's something that at least should be a concern at the back of people's minds. That's all I've been saying. Mm-hmm. Stop misconstruing it. Morons on message boards and Twitter. Well, that's the only that's the only place that you get your information, Trent. Oh, I yeah. saw that. Of course, yeah. It's all content. Kind of Idiots. Maybe it's sources. All he does is get some information from messages. And it doesn't matter what side. You're idiots on both sides. Right. Well, it's certainly something to watch. We shall see. Obviously, we want him to play every single game because uh, this has got a chance to be a really special season, although Brett McMurphy does not think it's going to be that special of a season. What? You're not excited about December in New York City? Holy mackerel. Did you see that? I mean, my good God. What am I missing? State in the Pinstripe Bowl. Yeah. That's where he's got the Hawkeyes projected. Hawkeyes favored by a point over NC State <laughs> in the Pinstripe Bowl. What's the love for Wisconsin? Is it just because of their name? I think that's a part of it. A, and I think people I mean, we like Fickle. Sure, good, great, really good coach. He took Cincinnati to the college uh-huh. football playoff. Uh huh. In Ma- the process, major upgrade. Yes, beat Notre Dame and Indiana, a decent Indiana team that mm-hmm. year. Had to win two games. They they won them both. Got it done. Yep. And then won a tough conference championship Now they had game. a pretty good corner. <laughs> yes, they did. Good coach. Uh, I agree. Phil Longo, this is not Mike Leach's red, you know, air raid. Right. This is an offense. You go back and look at what they did at Carolina. Yeah, they had Drake May. But running is a big component of it. And I think that's also been missed by some people that are kind of going even deeper than I always. just going to throw, throw, throw. Right. Yeah. That's not what this offense is. It's a power spread mm-hmm. offense. Yes, it's out of the spread and it's going to look different. Now, I have concerns about the offensive line. The blocking scheme is completely different than what they're used to. And how many times do we see Wisconsin in the fourth quarter and they're just going to line up and they're just going to bully you and they're going to eat five, six minutes off the clock and they're going to win that game and hold on for a 2013 win? It's going to be different. Yep. And how up-tempo are they going to be? My concerns also lie on the other side of the football. You know, from what they have to replace with Keanu, that nose tackle position, mm-hmm. that dude occupied space. You don't just find those guys laying around. Well, they might be laying around. They're not going to be very good at football, though. Right. Those guys are not a dime a dozen, certainly at the nose tackle position. Jim Leonard is an excellent defensive coordinator. Uh-huh. Is there going to be a step back defensively? Well, maybe not at Illinois. Nope, because that's where he is now right. as a consultant. Yeah. And getting his checks down to Champagne. Those are my concerns there. What wins the division? What wins the Big Ten West this year? If you get to mm, seven and two, yeah. does it get you home free without even a tie? I think so, yes. I think it will. For yeah. argument's sake. Seven and two. Six and three, you're in a you're you're in a tiebreaker scenario. I think seven yeah. Guys, Illinois is going to win some games. They're going to yes. win a lot of games. Minnesota's going to win some games. Mm-hmm. Nebraska's going to win some games. Ne- yes, Nebraska's going to uh-huh. win some games. They have they have an adult now. Do you see the picture of the running back? No. Oh, my God. It looks like Zeus. I mean, this guy's cut. Um, Runs like Medusa? Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, they they got a transfer quarter. Well, well Nebraska later. Sipple's going to join us later in the week for his first of weekly appearances uh, with Trent and I throughout the uh, throughout the season. Purdue? I Purdue, like Walters. Do you? Yeah. And they're going, speaking of air raid, Graham Harrell's their offensive uh-huh. coordinator. Yeah. They're going to go they're fast. checking around. I like Hudson Card. I've be- always been a Hudson Card guy. So we've seen him a lot, obviously, at Texas, mm-hmm. uh, now in the Big Ten. Okay. I mean, they'll be better than Northwestern. Yeah. 
Northwestern um, is the win. Everybody's you got to beat them. If yes. you're going to win the division, you have to beat Northwestern. Yeah, every, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, that goes without saying. Uh, Philip, your buddy Fleck, he wins football games. He wins football games. So what's it going to take? I guess is where to cut. Seven and two. Gets Seven it and two probably gets it outright. So. Let's say Wisconsin does beat Iowa. Iowa loses the two that they're going to be underdogs. They lose okay, to Penn State, Penn and Wisconsin. State and Wisconsin. They win the rest. So that means you have to find three losses. And Wisconsin's got a very on the Wisconsin Big Ten schedule. The Wisconsin Big Ten schedule is easy. I mean, in comparison. So this is what the Badgers have this year. Don't they have Ohio State? They do. So that's the toughie. This is how it opens up, though. On the road at Purdue on a Friday night. Okay. Home for Rutgers. Yeah. Home for Iowa. Okay. They go to Illinois. Tough. The week before they have Ohio State coming in. They go to Indiana. Easy. Yeah. Home for Northwestern. Easy. Yep. Home for Nebraska. Tough. And then at Minnesota. For the Axe. The Gophers have won two of the last three. Trent, that looks like three losses at least to me. If you say Ohio State automatically, we mm-hmm. gave them the win in this mm-hmm. scenario against Iowa. Two more losses between Illinois. Minnesota, ne- Nebraska. It's not, it's not they, crazy. It's not. It's not a stretch. Uh-huh. That puts them at 6-3. and three. Iowa, even with the not having the tiebreaker, gets to the Big Ten championship game. But Iowa, on the other hand... Yes, the schedule is not exactly what it was a year ago mm-hmm. with both the Michigan and Ohio State there. The road trip to Penn State, they're a double-digit dog. They're going to be an underdog it's against Wisconsin. Points. Minnesota, law of averages, One so of many these close years, games. Right? One right. of these years. The bounces finally go uh-huh. the Gophers' way, and they find a way. Purdue, outside of last year, they have been an absolute yeah, house of horrors true. for Iowa. And not just under Brom, Daryl Hazel. Yeah. I, I, I can't go there, but your point's, your point's valid. That is still not uh-huh. going to be okay. the easiest of games. Illinois, tough. Bielema is turning them uh-huh. into Wisconsin light. Yep. That's what they're going to be, and you know that's going to be a difficult mm-hmm. game. Nebraska got them a year ago. They did. Now it's everything their place. Apart. Black Friday. And it's going to be over there. And that could be have huge ramifications mm-hmm. for Nebraska. Well, for both teams. For both teams. For... Which, we've, which we've waited for and hoped to get. With this matchup that's been put together in front, we hope there's massive stakes on the line. One year there will be. Maybe it's this year. Now, conversely, I want to talk about schedules. Um, the AP Top 25, there are four teams from the Top 25 in the Big 12. Okay. Every single one of them is on Iowa State's schedule. Yeah. Iowa State, the, the schedule makers did the Cyclones zero favors mm-hmm. this year with the slate that they've got. In fact, there are... Three other Big 12 teams and the others receiving votes, they play two of those three. No, no. They don't get Texas Tech. Okay. This is inc- A, they lost five starters. Mm-hmm. Then you look at the schedule on top of it, and there are five schools in the top 25, preseason top 25, or four schools in preseason top 25 from the Big 12. They're all on the clone schedule. You find another Big 12 team that has that gauntlet in front of them. It's also a year where they have to go on the road more often. Yep, that's good. Yep, six road point, trips this including year, including Waco. Yes. And I know you love Baylor. I do. You got to go to Ohio in the non-conference. Mm-hmm. We'll get to see Ohio. They've got a game. They do. Is that it's, it's this weekend? Yes, it's we, six o'clock. I remember talking about a few weeks ago. I don't remember who they play. San Diego State. San Diego State. A good team. Go. Yes. So we'll get a good look at Ohio, Iowa mm-hmm. State's week three opponent. 
Trent, we'll do so on this Saturday. Oh, that, that's <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> isn't it? To our Speaking ears. of that, I, I brought up the Ohio schedule. Yeah. So they go to San Diego State this week. Yeah. That's a long road trip from Athens, Ohio, to get out there. They come home for the Long Island Sharks. Who? LIU. They're coming to town, the Sharks. Okay. Then they go down to Boca to take on Florida Atlantic, and then back home for <laughs> Iowa State. That's a lot of frequent flyer miles it there is. for the Bobcats, huh? Absolutely. San Diego, back to Athens. Boca, back to Athens. Mm. And then Iowa State comes to town, which for them, that's a monster game. You have oh, a huge. big 12 team yes. coming to your building. Uh-huh. This is a once-in-a-generation type of moment. Has there been TV assigned to that yet? Do you know? Uh, yes. There ESPN has been. two or you at 11 okay. o'clock. So it'll be an either or, either 208 mm-hmm. or 209, mm-hmm. 11 o'clock kickoff for that one on September 16th. Okay. And away uh, we go, be, looking be at schedules. Six o'clock on uh, Saturday night. Got a good look at the Bobcats. So excited for this. But I, I am too. But, but back to my original point, mm-hmm. Iowa State's schedule. They didn't get any favors. They got none, no, they got no favors. Mm-hmm. We, we've tried, tried to... Um, Best case scenario. Well, speaking of best case scenario, did you read the Heartland College Sports best case scenario for every school in the Big Twelve? Is that the one where they had Iowa State at six and six, six and six? Best that case and scenario. that was the lowest of the best case scenarios in the conference. It's, everybody else, everybody else in the conference, best case has more than six wins. Three it's and tough. one, three and one through the first four. Can they do that? That means they beat Oklahoma State. That means they beat Northern Iowa and Theo Day. That means they go to Ohio and win. I guess. The next stretch, three road games. Yeah. At Oklahoma. And your home, home game TCU, is TCU. Cincinnati and Baylor. Can you get two there? No. No. And then the final four. Kansas at home. At BYU. Texas. K-State. Well, just at the end of the season. Your last three. You go to BYU. An incredibly difficult place to play. Mm-hmm. Texas, the most talented team. Then K-State, team mm-hmm. that won the title a year ago. Right. Good luck. I'm, I'm not piling on here. I'm just saying brace yourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if he can get this team, if they get to Texas K-State looking, needing to win one of those two for bowl eligibility, that's a huge year for Matt Campbell. There's no doubt. Huge year. If we get to November and there's a path. If you can find, they beat Kansas to get the five, and then mm-hmm. all they need to do is be, be one of BYU on the road, home to Texas or K-State. This would be a remarkable season for Matt Campbell. And even Haycock, if he doesn't Shield accomplish it, company. even if they finish five and seven, they're on the precipice and they just can't get that last one. There's a couple of tough losses there. Mm-hmm. That is a great coaching job. Oh, man. huge. That might be a better coaching job than I, I agree with you. getting to the title game uh-huh. and going to the Fiesta Bowl. If he can do that with everything that has lingered, you lose mm-hmm. your quarterback. You have five starters that are out, whatever period of time, and for a couple of them at least, out for the whole season. Oh yeah, for that sure. is a great, great job. On top of it, you lose well your first first round pick in fifty years. Uh-huh. Yeah, something you haven't had to deal with before. Mm-hmm. Dan McCartney didn't have to deal with that. No, Paul Rhodes didn't have no. to deal with that. Gene Chizik didn't have to deal with that. Jim Walden didn't have to deal with that. No. Jim Kreiner didn't have to deal with no, that. Keep going. I think we're going back further and further. Yeah. Earl Bruce didn't have to deal with well, that. Well, I thought I was going to say, was that his team? What, I, it might, it might, he might have been before that. I don't know. But it's in the I 70s. I think it was even before that. Amundsen went. Because it was 1973. 73, so it would have been before that. I think it would have been before that. Wild. 
absolutely incredible. But to your point, yes, there it was the first year of Earl Burst. Was it the year number yep. one? Okay. Year one. Year one. Thought we were going back to Johnny Majors. Uh, I, I've read that their defense looks solid. That's great. Mm-hmm. They're going to be. They're going up against your offense. <laughs> You know, on oh, the other yeah. hand, your yeah. defense looks good. On the other hand, your offense looks like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to make about that quote. You, if, you're, if you're a sunshine pumper, you think, oh my gosh, it's great. But defense is going to be great. Defense is going to be good. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Because they have But you lose Will McDonald and Isaiah Lee from that line from last year, right that, off the bat. A couple linebackers, concern, boom, right? gone. Is Dom Orange, he's talented. I hope so. Can he play 60 snaps a game, though, inside Oof. as a young guy? asking a lot. It is. Depth is a question up front. Starters, yeah. sure. Looking good. You're still trying to figure out the center position. You're figuring out as you're shuffling the line, what do you do with Remsburg's spot? Mm-hmm. You're still figuring that out. I believe in Clanton. I think that he is maybe the finally the guy that's going to get that thing figured out up front. We don't know Rocco Breck. What, what is he going to be, right? I mean, he might not even win the job. Yeah. By the way, there's no press conference scheduled apparently this week for Iowa State. They're going to go into next week without naming a starter. And I will guarantee a week from tomorrow when Campbell has his opening press conference of the year and he puts out the one depth chart for the entire season. Will we get that? Uh, good question. If we do. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if we got that a year ago. We did. We did. Okay. We did. And it remained up there. And I think it's still on Cyclones.com <laughs> from week number from week number one. Okay. But you can bet your bottom dollar, or at least I would be willing to bet a lot of money, when the only depth chart comes out of the year and you take a look at that quarterback, there's that magic word, O-R, mm-hmm. between the two of them. Still going to be there, huh? It's still, I bet it is. I think he's going to go into you and I, and he's not going to want to show Farley who his quarterback's going to be. Is Tanner he's Hughes, as paranoid as a coach as you're ever going to find. Is Tanner Hughes also going to be listed on the oh, depth chart? Oh, good point. Uh, they do or. Or, or. Or. A triple or. A double or. We've seen triple ors in the we, running back position. Yes, we had. Was that five deep they want that one? Game? One year. Into, into a bowl crazy. game maybe or something like that? Oh, yeah. Or, 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 or. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess it didn't dawn on me how daunting this was till I, you know, I spent some time doing college football this week because this weekend just because Delmar was canceled. Yesterday. Oh, that's what it was because <laughs> of the storm. Uh, now it makes um, sense. I had nothing to do other than baseball. I mean, the baseball game last night got out of hand early. The little uh, from uh, from Cooper's uh, town. I had um, it on in the background. Um, I really it's not enjoyed Cooper's it. town. Where is it called? Williamsport. Williamsport. Yeah. Um, really enjoyable. It is. I, there's too much conversation. I can handle it once a year. Okay, fair, fair. The um, kids that were doing the broadcast. Well, that, I was that talking was more awesome. about the players are constantly, I mean, once, on Sunday nights, they mic up a player for mm-hmm. a half an inning, right? But it was all night. And Bryce Harper was the one that handled the best. They'd throw him out a question as the pitcher was in his windup, right. and he wouldn't answer the question. He shouldn't answer the question. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, Bryce Harper, did you, I don't know how much you watched of it, um, Maybe I don't know. I don't know how you feel about felt about him beforehand. Boy, he is um, quite the dad in a positive way. Oh yeah, in a positive way. Bryce Harper kind of seemed aloof to me. Mm-hmm. That's a clown question or whatever yep. it was um, from from his single days. And everybody grows up, and when you have kids, you grow up pretty quick. Yes, you do. But boy, oh boy, um, it was it, okay. Once a year, fine with it. And it got good in the ninth inning because uh, Washington scored four runs in their half of the first, and Philly scored their three runs in the bottom of the ninth. And Between the Nationals that, 
remain one of the most profitable teams. I, I said that to Mike Palm we, when uh, we taped our podcast uh, on Friday. I, I posed that question that you posed to me. Uh-huh. He got one. We, we both got Baltimore. Yep. And then I think he finally, at, uh, after he guessed about 20 teams, I stopped him. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get this. No, no. The Nationals. Yeah. The, 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 and Trent's question was, the three teams that if you were to bet every single one of them on the money line all year long, you would be up money on what three teams? Well, Baltimore comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Who was the second one? Cincinnati. Cincinnati, because they got off to a bad start and their price went up and mm-hmm. they started to win. And then Washington, who's below 500, but when they win, they do so at a pretty big price. And that was the case again last uh-huh. night. They went off, I think, plus 170, something like that. You keep stacking those up. Even if you only got 57 of them, as they do, mm-hmm. that's going to go good. Cubs this weekend, well, the Brewers, what they did to the Rangers. I popped over there a couple of times and just for a half inning here and mm-hmm. there. Man, the Brewers can be good. Yeah, I know they can. I know it's gonna be it's gonna be right to, and they've got what two series left against each other? The final series of the regular season, one early September, did you say? Yeah. The uh yeah, the one at the end of the season. They go it's in Wrigley August twenty eighth through the thirtieth. So that'll gotcha. be next Monday through Wednesday. Really important one there. And Milwaukee has a much more difficult schedule uh-huh. than the Cubs do the remaining, but way they're playing right now to do what they did against Texas that was an eye opener well and over the and Seattle goes into Houston and sweeps mm-hmm. them this American League West uh it's going to be a hell of a race how but, concerned are you with the Blue Jays not making it now i know you were starting um, to teeter a little bit last week yeah i mean i don't think they're uh, i don't know that's uh, there's something missing in this team i don't know what it is now me personally knowing that the twins are going to face the number 6 seed uh huh I would much rather see Seattle as opposed to your Blue Jays, just in terms of talent. Because of the offense when oh, they yeah. get it going. And even the top end of the rotation. Barrios was phenomenal in on Friday night against Cincinnati. They lost one zip. Now, the Mariners got a good rotation themselves. They, they got do. Julio Rodriguez. They, so they, they got some dudes of their own mm-hmm. right, but it's not going to be great either way. American League West is, uh, I mean, Texas, Houston, and now Seattle. That's a hell of a race. That's three teams. All yeah, three of them right Seattle's now in the playoffs. Back three. Seattle's in the playoffs they this are, morning. Yeah. Uh, Dockerman next. Miller and Condon underway on a, f- <laughs> a Monday that has a week that has football. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106. Your jeweler for life. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Let's talk to Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. We are 12 days away from the Hawks taking the field at Kinnick Stadium. Uh, I believe there's a press conference, press availability coming up toward the end of the week. Kirk Ferentz, and then off we go to next week. Doc uh, joins us. Uh, Press conference this week, Doc. Am I led to believe that's correct? I haven't heard of anything. Well, then uh, I'm wrong. Did you guys get, did you guys get some information that I didn't get? I, I haven't heard anything. I'm, 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 uh, I misspoke. There we are... normally get the what the press release on Friday of this week. At least that's the way it had been most years in the past. Okay. And then normal press conferences next All week. All right. When we get to that point, I guess we can speculate from there. What uh, What do you anticipate for Kate McNamara's week is going to look like, Doc? I... Um, I mean, we don't know, right? We saw him go down non-contact. Apparently, it's not severe. Yet, when you Google just soft tissue injury, 
Um, it can lead you in a variety of different directions. What do you think? What's going on with Cade McNamara? It's a guessing game at this point. Uh, you know, I mean, a, a strain, a slight tear, you know, whatever it is uh, that's required. And I saw him with a compression sleeve, as everybody else did on Friday. And, and so it's, it's a day-to-day thing. It just kind of depends on when he's feeling well enough to go out there and throw, but not go overboard. And that's probably going to be, you know, just, you know, be quick, but don't hurry. Be, you know, be careful, but, you know, you want to get out there. But, you know, and that could very well just be throwing and not necessarily team activity. So it's, it's probably more of a day-to-day thing. I would anticipate him being ready for week one. But, um, you, know, the, these, you know, when it comes to hamstrings or quads or whatever, they kind of have a mind of their own, and sometimes it's, it's tough to figure out where, which way they're going to go. Concerns that this thing is going to linger throughout the year. I mean, it's one of those muscle injuries that, yeah, seems to kind of hang around with guys. Is that a concern that you've heard about throughout this whole season? It's always going to be there and maybe in the back of his mind. No, I don't think so. I think if it's a hamstring, it's probably a little different. Mm-hmm. Uh, quad is less likely to be a lingering thing. I mean, it, running, it, it would be tough. I mean, but hamstrings are even more difficult. I think I don't see it being a lingering type thing. I, I see it as, a, you know, just keep, you know, keep rehabbing it. And it, you know, unless you pull it again or something or try to run as, and fall as awkwardly as he did, uh, again, I think overall he'll be just fine. Uh, I'm starting to think that uh, YA Black is going to have the breakout performance that maybe that's in an area that has so much depth, Doc, as you well know. Uh, and I don't know what's behind it. Maybe just seeing pictures of the dude and realizing just how big he is. And one of these years, everything's going to come together and he's going to take off. Might this be the year that happens for him? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think he's very much capable of that. He's been injured the last couple of years, which has really prevented him from becoming that player. But um, he's every bit as massive and more so than Aaron Graves. I mean, he's taller and he's wider and, you know, he's he's got the same type of frame. So he's not, you know, there's not really like fat or anything. I mean, he's like 315 pounds of solid muscle. So if he stays healthy, I have no doubt that he could be one of the most dominant players in the Big Ten at that position. I thought he'd be good, you know, last year in that way. And um, so when you throw him out there with Logan Lee at some point with uh, Noah Shannon, of course, Aaron Graves, um, they have as, you know, deadly of a foursome in that Mm -hmm. position group as any I've ever seen at Iowa. So I think he's, yeah, he absolutely has that potential to be the guy that when Noah Shannon comes back, people are going to be looking at him going, how come this guy didn't start at Iowa? <laughs> really? <laughs> but his snaps will be the same type of scenario. Another guy that you've uh, wrote about recently is Jennings Dunker, the right now right tackle for this Iowa football team. Uh, a guy that maybe inside ultimately is his best one, but early on in the season, you got Utah State, Western Michigan with the Iowa State game sandwiched in between. Is the belief that maybe there's still going to be a few growing pains with him playing out there, but ultimately Dunker can be the guy understanding the speed of the game when you're playing outside that he can be a really good right tackle? Is that the thought process? You've got to live with some of the issues when you have somebody young out there, and and, and that happened even with Alaric Jackson, who's, who's really good, and Tristan Works, obviously, is really good. And you, you have to live with it. Um, you know that there's going to be some growing pains. And they see something that, you know, I, I guess in our very, very limited dose, we didn't quite see or I didn't see, which is they think he could be an outstanding right tackle. Um, 
I, I don't, I'm not sure that's his position based on what I saw, you know, and it, maybe it was his worst day of practice. I don't know, but I saw him get, you know, a lot of, uh, there was a lot of traffic around him. You know, Joe Evans is a really good pass rusher and mm-hmm. same thing with Deontay Craig and a few of the others. So, you know, sometimes it's, it's not, it's unfair almost to judge everybody against the Iowa defense because Iowa defense is pretty good. But, but that said, you know, just me, I, I kind of think he's more of a guard, but, but we'll see. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe again, that was a bad day and he's corrected those mistakes and moved on. But I think he's also, uh, you know, built like Goliath and he's got an opportunity to be a really good player. Doc, I think your latest piece, uh, and it's a lengthy read, but it's a good read. Uh, the six statistics that will set the tone for the 23 offense. Uh, and, and I thought you say maybe the most important for last, at least for me, and that's wide receiver production, uh, where clearly they, they identified that as a, as a huge area of need. Uh, the tight ends have always been there, but the wide receivers have to step up, uh, and, and far exceed last year's, uh, output, I think, for this team to get where many think that it can go. No question. That was the worst it, it had been in 40 years. Um, when he talked about catches, by Iowa's wide receivers. They combined for 76. Now, injuries, of course, played a major role early on, especially, and then throughout the season, as well as inaccuracy and inexperience and, and just, you know, they weren't very good. And and I think that, that really throws it all. But it's really strange when you look back at even just a couple of years ago in 2019, they had 169 catches out of that group, which was tied for the most ever at Iowa. So to go from you know, the worst in 40 years uh, from the best, you know, in school history. That's a humongous drop. Now, when you look at the players that they have coming back, I mean, I think a healthy Nico Ragaini will be fine. I mean, we know what he can do. Deontay Vines looks the part. Um, you know, I think Seth Anderson turned a lot of heads in that open scrimmage, and I guess it was his best one, but we'll see. And, you know, Caleb Brown has a lot of potential, too, and I think he'll see the field. So, in some ways, I think they're ahead of the ball game from last year. I mean, I think on talent, Keegan Johnson might have been more talented than any of the other four, but he wasn't available mm-hmm. for whatever reason. He wasn't available. So I think at this point, um, they're, they're capable with a better offensive line to have a better running game, which enables their play-action game to, to improve and then enables their wide receivers to stretch the field and open up the tight end lane. So I think they all work hand-in-hand, and I do think this receiving core it may not be great, may not even be good, but I think it'll be decent, which is a major step forward from last year. Listening to and watching the Big Ten Network in their run through Iowa City on Friday, the interview with Brian Ferentz, and you know, he kind of posed the question, you know, first you got to look and see, is the, is the scheme in the system, is it right? Well, I would argue it's not. Doc, one thing you've wrote about is the jet sweep motion, and when they've used it, and it's been a rarity, but how much better the offenses looked using that you got a couple of guys that can definitely do that. Certainly one of them in Caleb Brown, a guy that was a running back in high school, now transforming over the wide receiver position. A guy like Washington coming in from Texas. Uh, one of the running backs said he's already the best pass catcher. Guys like that, do you anticipate that that is going to be a wrinkle that we see more of this season? That now with at least an improved blocking game, they can do a little bit more of the jet sweep. I think they can use it a lot more. Uh, yeah, It's just... You know, you do, you do lose a couple of things. And I think that's one thing I wanted to make sure to point out this time around, which is that, uh, you know, you're, you're, a lot of times you're going nine versus 11. Because if you're running somebody else and not just the, 
the ball care or the jet sweeper. Um, you're not, uh, you know, your quarterbacks that doesn't count and that the, the jet sweep motion guy doesn't count. So, you know, you're kind of putting yourself down a little bit, but overall, I mean, the numbers are the numbers and the numbers have been pretty good, especially when compared to everything else. So, um, you know, a lot of times you do get longer carries. Um, if you can hit the edge and nobody's there or you can beat the, the, uh, edge defender, I, you know, then they can go for a while, which is what really helps that, uh, that average move up. But, um, you know, it, it does show that one of the things I think it helps is, you know, Iowa's reliance upon the zone blocking scheme and the way officials kind of uh, legislate it these days. It's very difficult to do and do accurately that this allows for a little bit more hesitation at the second level because you can't cut block quite as frequently as you used to. So I think this is a this is a path that they can use and use effectively, um, whether they're running it or throwing from it or uh, they're handing the ball off uh, to the regular running back. But, uh, you know, will they do it more? I think it'll depend on personnel and what they feel like they can do. But I, I do expect it to be a major part of the of the offense moving forward. Uh, Caleb Johnson, over under 1,000 yards on the season. Uh, and why, why are you going over? <laughs> why am I going over? Well, honestly, if he's healthy and this line moves up to the from bad to decent or, dare I say, even maybe good, um, I, I would say you could put the over under at twelve hundred, and I was yeah, over. Yeah, uh, I, I think he's outstanding. Mm-hmm. I think he's reminds me a lot of Larry Johnson when he was a Penn mm. State with the Kansas City Chiefs. Just a little angular, very physical, great speed, deceptive moves in in traffic, uh, great footwork and vision. So I, I think if he has the opportunity to, to see some holes and and they might, you know, I I, ran, I saw him running a lot more counter, more gap than I usually do on the kids' day, and it could just be one day again. You never know. But <laughs> right. but I think he's very capable of a gap scheme running back of really accelerating through a lot of holes when they're there. So um, I think he could be an outstanding player if the line can get up to a decent level. Uh, re- real quick, because we're running out of time, Patterson or Williams, who has the second most carries? Say health is they're both healthy throughout the uh, regular season. I'll go Williams, but I think it'll be very close. I do, too. I do, too. I think Patterson's going to open some eyes. Uh, Doc, great stuff, as always. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. uh, We read you, as we always do, at The Athletic. Anything you'd like to promote, Doc, before we let you go? Yeah, other than uh, my six key areas in statistics, I mean, I think uh, there's going to be some line stuff coming out. uh, It looks like tomorrow, and might even have a basketball story that uh, a column that I wrote. So that's that's going to be something you might discuss later in the week. Ah, interesting. A little tease there. Thank you, Doc. We'll uh, talk to you next Monday. Appreciate it. All right. Have a good one, guys. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. Uh, with a little tease there on basketball like coming up here at The Athletic toward week's end. All right, we'll take our time out. We'll head to uh, down to Kansas City, catch up with the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. A little tribute to Mitch during the broadcast. I don't know if you caught that or not, but we will uh, talk to Mitch Holtz as we come back. Miller and Con, the Des Moines Sports Station, 106. <laughs> Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, two preseason games down, one to go. Chiefs finally get to stay home this week. He's the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Mitch Holtis, team goes into Arizona, walks out with a convincing wing there. Quarterback play was off the charts. But Mitch, I want to start with, I'm not sure you saw it. I'm sure you're aware of it. Somebody told you a little tribute to our next guest, Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Chiefs in the middle of that broadcast. I thought that was really well done, Mitch. 
Well, uh, I'm flattered and, and humbled, but uh, yeah. And so, um, that unexpected. Didn't see it, of course, till later because I'm not. Uh, I'm, I've got a little know, busy concentration on other things, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, a little busy, but. Yeah, but thanks for mentioning it. Appreciate it. No, good stuff. Uh, team looked good. Mitch, the quarterback play um, was was what stood out to me. Bushell, you can't get any better than ten out of ten. <laughs> well, I saw something. I've been in this league thirty seasons, and I saw something in that game. You're not going to see it in the regular season. You're not going to play four quarterbacks. Hopefully, unless you're San Francisco in the playoffs. Ooh. But uh, and I don't mean that as a I know. I meant that as they were just desperate. But uh, four quarterbacks all had ratings of 109 or better. It was it was stupid good. And 38 passing attempts from four quarterbacks, 31 completions. And of those seven incompletions, three were drops. The passers were on the money. And then another one was the Mahomes crazy jump out of bounds. Oh, my. Yeah. And then five of the seven is a double move by Justin Ross that miscommunication between him and Gabbard or it's going to be a Should touchdown. have been a touchdown, yep, yep. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, you got two others that were tight window throws, but 38 attempts from four guys, and you get 31 completions. It was nuts. Amir Smith-Marset was on the receiving was, end of one yeah. of them. In fact, mm. four catches, he puts up big numbers. But did you see what yards. he did? He did his little somersault. He again. did the somersault, the flip into the end zone. This time he didn't turn his ankle like he did against Wisconsin, though. That's good news, certainly, to have a chance to stay on the roster. What kind of shot does he have to stick here? He's getting a better one now. Mm. Uh, they moved up practice today because of the heat and humidity and worked inside, even though it's not air-conditioned, and he was having another good day of practice. So it's backing it up and trying to be consistent uh, with Amir and – I didn't bring up the somersault against Wisconsin because I just didn't want to take the moment away from <laughs> right. him. But uh, still, uh, he's he's pushing, man. He's pushing, and it depends if Kadarius Tony, if Kadarius mm-hmm. Tony's knee rehab from his meniscus surgery early, early, early in camp before we even started our reports, if that lingers, then Smith Marset gets in there. The other thing he can do is return. He can return both punts and kicks. So he is one that is surging up the charts, and actually this Cleveland game is going to be big for him. No doubt about it. Well, we talk about this offense and all the different pieces and four quarterbacks that are all looking good and, what, 17 guys that catch passes in the game on Saturday. Yet the old reliable, the old tight end who still is putting up numbers, Travis Kelsey, he gets excited about all the different things this offense can do, doesn't he? Well, my thesis point this week is how do the Chiefs stay on top? Can they win the AFC West for an eighth straight year? That's going to be hard to do. Can they get a bye week harder to do? Can they win the AFC even harder? And the hardest is try to be a back-to-back Super Bowl champion, which hasn't happened in two decades. The longest streak without a back-to-back champion in the 57-year history of the Super Bowl. But one of my thesis points this week is if they can somehow return. It'll be very difficult to do to be the most creative offense in the NFL, to be even more so. And for Travis Kelsey, he honestly, guys, benefits the most out of Andy Reid's creative offense. There's always something being uh, being drawn up and uh, being created. Um, Coach Reid is a... Uh, 
he's the guru, man. He, the, anything's possible with him, and it's uh, that's what makes it fun coming in here every single week. You know, trick plays where everybody gets a chance to you know show off their arm or you know show off their ability to uh, improvise, and it's just um it's kind of like the the fun testing out. It's kind of fun testing out how uh, how creative we really can get here. It just doesn't stop. And there's a whole bunch more coming this year that the Chiefs haven't shown, but I've been able to see behind the curtain. It just is the most creative offense in the NFL, and it's very subtle. Coach uses geometry. Um, he'll talk about it when he's done coaching, which will be a while. But it's it's just brilliant how guys pop open, but how he utilizes geometry to do so. Many times the, the right angle of that geometry is Travis Kelsey. Mm. He's he's clearly gifted. Uh, he's amongst the best that have ever played the position. I didn't think they would that we would have this conversation amongst the Chiefs tight end because Tony Gonzalez is pretty damn good. Uh, but but here we are, uh, and here he is. He's 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 uh, absolutely amazing. So let's go to the AFC West. Um, I I don't like the Raiders. I'm not sold on on Denver. Um, but the Chargers, one of these years, now I will say this, if, if Herbert, and you can say this about a lot of starting quarterbacks, if Herbert gets uh, injured at all, I mean, it, yikes, Easton Stick was, well, we'll see. Uh, but are the Chargers, in your mind, Mitch, closing the gap on the Chiefs, or is everybody? Well, they haven't been that far away, and the other two, I think, are maybe, I, I think they're closer than you would think, uh, although when you're, you've got to respect these foes, maybe I look at it differently, because I look at what they're doing right or how they could surge ahead and Sean Payton will actually have an effect in Denver. They're going to try to run it. You know, they can then they've got those speed guys at receiver off play action. So I'm with you. I, I don't see the Raiders as much. I see that. I see the Broncos improving and the chargers as a real threat. Now the chargers also have the, I mean, they had a 27 point lead in the playoffs and lost yeah. to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And many times it's not, hard for the NFL somehow or the pundits to um, not pay attention to the Chargers. They get a lot of attention. They just haven't played up to the attention. And so until they do that, it it's going to be an issue. But they've got talent on both sides of the ball and all over the field. One more, the AFC. It's a gauntlet. I mean, the North is stacked. You guys mm-hmm. have the AFC East in your uh, crossover division this year. Mm-hmm. Ken and I have argued about this division a lot this summer. Who do you like in that division? Wow. I just, you know, until somebody takes out the Bills, that they talk about closing the gap, even more so than the West closing the gap on the Chiefs. All three of those teams mm-hmm. have closed the gap on the Bills. Yep. All of them. Yep. All three of them, including the Patriots. Let me, let me say this about, and this I want you to understand this, and I want your listeners to understand it. The Bengals can't wait to beat the Chiefs. Yep. Um, Jets can't wait to beat the Chiefs. Uh, let's see. Um, you know, the Ravens can't wait to beat the Chiefs. In the South, the Jags, I think, have a better handle on all this. The point is to say, you've got to worry about your own business. Mm-hmm. The Bengals have a lot to worry about, I'm sorry, with the Ravens, Steelers, and Browns. Mm-hmm. That's a lot to worry about. Mm-hmm. And in that division, if you're the Bills... Oh, my goodness. Mm. These teams are all staring inside your front window. It's like the Josh Allen commercial. And uh, they're right there. So you got to take – don't worry about the Chiefs. And, and this is where Andy Reid has been great. Don't worry about everybody else. You worry about your division first and those that are in your neighborhood. That's why Andy's 37-5 and five against the AFC West over a six-year period. And I don't say that to be arrogant. I say it 
as a warning to all those teams that are like, got to get the Chiefs, got to get the Chiefs. Well, you better get your own people first. Mm-hmm. Or you won't even worry. You won't even have to worry about the Chiefs. You do indeed. Uh, Papa John Central Line with Mitch. We are out of time. Uh, real quick, anything uh, is it, the new special coming next week? Right, the monthly special. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Waiting for that, but it's uh, under lock and key in Johnston in the uh, secret laboratory of what is Papa John's Pizza with Tom and Matt Donaldson. Right now, it's this epic garlic crust pizza. They're pushing it. Thirteen ninety nine. Go get it. Eat it. Love it devour it. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Mitch Holtz. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Hour two coming up next. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.